The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. This morning, we are continuing on in our sermon series called Genesis 12 through 25, and we're picking up our next verses in Genesis chapter 18 because the section is rather long and, and also because I want to pick up uh, the end of the story in Genesis chapter 21. We're going to read just selected verses there today. And here's what the Holy Spirit gave, gives to us. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance to his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. One of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. The very time God had promised him, Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. This is the gospel of the Lord. Not the gospel, but the, this is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Laughter is something that we all desperately need. We even have an aphorism for it. Maybe you've heard it before. Laughter is the best medicine. Have you heard that before? Now, I don't, that's a massive claim, by the way. I don't know if it's the best medicine, but I do think that it is a good medicine. And the statistics and the studies bear that out. That, that laughter actually helps us physically. This is an interesting little tidbit. If we would have laughed more during the pandemic, we would have had better immunity. I say that, that laughter actually helps 
your immunity. It helps to lower your stress. If you have heart problems, laughter helps with that too. We could go further. Laughter actually helps you emotionally. It, it boosts your mood. It makes you more resilient. And we could go on and on. I could it, it, it proclaim to you the gospel of laughter. I could also show you the other side. I heard this story about a woman in our city. She was a cabaret singer, and she took her own life. And the story ended up in our papers, and some of her friends were, were interviewed. And one of the things that, that one of the friends said struck me, one of the friends said, she lost her ability to laugh. There it is. She lost her ability to laugh. We need to laugh. It's, it's something that God made us to do. And, and so it, it's a really simple thing today. And I should warn you up front, I'm no, I'm no comedian. But God will bring laughter. And I want to show you, I want to show you that in three ways. That I want to show you where God can bring laughter out of, like the depths of where God can bring laughter. I want to also show you with what God brings laughter, and then finally, for what purpose God brings laughter. So that's what it is. Out of where out of we're going to use prepositions with and then for how God brings laughter. And I want to start out with looking at out of what God brings laughter. And here in our story, it's it's out of the depths, you might say. It's out of hopelessness and despair, out of bitterness and biting criticism. And, and Moses shows us that. The Holy Spirit shows us that. We actually get this really unique view of Sarah's own self-talk here. And I want you to look at that. This is a really special picture of what's going on in our heart. And this is from Genesis 18. Look at verse 12, where she laughed in the privacy of her own heart. I'm going to read it for you. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? You see what she says about herself there? She calls herself, quote, worn out, used, you know, garbage, something to be thrown away. Like th this is like a, a sheep that is, is better, is good for nothing except to be led to the slaughterhouse. This is like used clothing that should be donated or even thrown away. That's what she calls herself. She, she calls herself worn out. She could have said, I, I'm a powerful woman of faith who has gone the way of all women. Or, or she could have said, I, I'm a talented woman with many gifts from God, but I've just gone through menopause. She, she could have framed it for herself like that, but instead she self-denigrates. She has a very low view of herself. She calls herself worn out, and not just that. She actually thinks that she's unattractive to her husband. 
So will I now have this pleasure? Now, I know some people believe what she's talking about is childbirth. Like, but, but only a man could call childbirth a pleasure. A joy, maybe, but not pleasure. It's not what she's talking about here. She's talking about, this is, this is a biting criticism to her husband. She, she's, saying, she's saying, in the privacy of her own heart, Abraham doesn't come into me at night anymore. Like she's upstream from even having a kid. Like in order for this to happen, they need to come together and they're not even coming together anymore. Do you see, do you see the spiritual place, the depths that she's living in, in the privacy of her own heart? She is cynical, hopeless, bitter, and she takes it out on herself and also on her husband. Those, that's the place where God's going to bring laughter, right there. Now, a lot of you know this, and I referred to it in the children's devotion, and this is a little bit of a silly example, but I'm a Mets fan. And they're actually playing really good this year. Did you know that? Hopefully you did. <laughs> Even though they have already qualified for the playoffs, even though they're one of the best teams in the National League, when they played the Cubs and they lost three in a row, do you know what the Mets fans were saying across the city? They were saying, here we go again. <laughs> These Mets are going to tank right at the end of the year, just like they did in 2006. They're going to do it once again. Do you see the hopelessness in that? It's not too much unlike Sarah. Now, if we could make this a little bit more personal for a second, I want you to put your finger on the places in your life where you've become cynical and hopeless. Some people even have a, a mantra. Did you know this? They, they just say to themselves, like after a failure in their life, they'll say, well, that's just who I am. I'm a disaster. That's what I always do. You see how hopeless that is? See how cynical? And, and, and already you've ceased to believe that God can do anything about it. Now, I want to I I put my finger on that place because I know it's painful, but I want you to see that this is the very place out of which God brings happy laughter. He's going to do it for Sarah. Now, I want to show you next. I want to show you next with what he does that. And it's, it's simply this. He does it with a very gracious invitation and a very gracious visitation, we might say. You can see that here. Now, God as he visits with Sarah and Abraham, could have gotten very angry with her. And he probably, he probably should have, maybe, right? I mean, God had put a clock on it now, like a countdown timer that she's going to have a son. And, and you, at least she could have said this, you know what, I'm just, let's just see, right? Let's just see if, if um, I get pregnant in three months. Let's see if Abraham comes in. But she, she doesn't even want to give it a second thought. So she just says, huh, it's not going to happen. 
Now, now God, he could have gotten very angry with, with her. He could have brought it down on her and say, why don't you believe my promises? But he doesn't. It's a very gracious, a very gracious visitation. And he simply says to her, why does Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Now, this is gracious for a couple different reasons. First of all, I want you to notice that the Lord drops all the bitterness and the cynicism and the personal attacks. He's not going to engage with her about how she, her denigrating herself. He drops that out. He's not going to engage with her about these, these personal attacks against Abraham. He simply says, why did you laugh? Because I'm not laughing, by the way. <laughs> Just happening. It's very gracious. Do you see that? It's very gracious, and it's something for Sarah to consider. Why did you laugh? But then he continues with an, another line of questioning. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Can you name, Sarah, one thing that I can't? Because, Sarah, I created the heavens and the earth. And because, Sarah... I'm the one that brought the floodwaters. Because, Sarah, I'm the one that confused the languages. Is there anything I can't do? Name one thing. I dare you, Sarah. And she couldn't. Is there anything that God can't do? Do you see how the Lord moves the hopeless and cynical and the bitter laughter just challenging you this morning make a list i could challenge you this morning make a list name one thing that god can't do didn't he didn't he split the sea for his people didn't he bring slaves out of the most powerful nation at the time in egypt didn't he didn't he create the heavens and the earth? Is anything too hard for him? Or the cost too high? Did he not even spare his only son for you? And did he not raise him up from the dead? Is anything too hard for God? Make a list. Now, I want to be clear about what I'm saying here. Because I don't want you to go home and think, okay, well, that means that God's going to do the incredible, the impossible, the miraculous in my life. It's not really what he's saying. I want to I categorize our hopes in the, into three different categories. The first category would be baseless hopes. Baseless hopes. So this is where you, where you go to the, the, the 13-year-old kid, and, and, and he says, you ask him, what's your dream one day? And then he says, I'm going to play in the NBA. But you can see he clearly doesn't have the skills. It's a baseless hope. On, on what basis are you thinking that, well, I can just pray about it, he says. It's a baseless hope. There's a second category that our hopes can enter into, and those are hopeful hopes. This is the hope where, where you spend time in prayer and you say, God, I'd like to be married one day, or God, I'd like to have a child one day, or God, I'd like to have this job or that job. These are, 
This is a hopeful hope. And, and because, because God is good, you can hope for that. But you can't know it with any kind of certainty. See? And, and I need to say that to you because I think sometimes Christians think if, if I just pray on it, then God's certainly going to give it to us. And then when he doesn't, we think, well, well, God must not love me, or maybe he's not even there at all. So we got to exclude all of this, all of these two kinds of hopes out, because what this kind of hope that God is giving to Sarah is a secure hope. Why is it secure? Because he promised it. He promised it. What are some of your secure hopes? One is this. One day, God will raise you up from the dead. He really will. Like, he's going to do the impossible for you. He's promised to do that for you in Christ. But more than that, more than that, he's promised to give you contentment with what you have. I think sometimes we sit there and pray and we say, God, you got to do this and this and this and this and this and this for me. But what has God really promised to do? He's promised to give you contentment. Or we sit there and say, God, you got to fix this in my relationship. you got to do this for me. And then when he doesn't, you think, well, he doesn't answer my prayers. But really, really, what has he promised to give you? Wisdom and patience. That's a secure hope. You can count on that from God. You really can. All of this is, is to say... That these things, nothing is too hard from God, and He will do this for you. This is, this is how God is going to bring laughter into your life. Now, now we're going to get to the main point. For what purpose does God bring laughter? And this is where I want to move into Genesis chapter 21 with you. God changes Sarah in two ways. One, in her vertically, in her, in, in, in her relationship with God. And this is what Sarah says. This is from, this is from verse 6. God has brought me laughter. You see, at the beginning of the story, she didn't think God would do it or maybe even could do it. But now at the end of the story, she's transformed in her relationship with God. She's holding the promise in her arms. She's holding baby Isaac. And now she knew it like she never knew it before, that God does keep his promises, that God does love her, that God is faithful. And so she laughs the laugh of faith. She's transformed. But she's also transformed in another way. And this is just as important horizontally because sometimes, sometimes we care just a little bit too much about what people think of us. Have you noticed that in yourself? What are people going to say? But she's transformed. She says this, everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Now that, that translation that translation is a little bit of a guess, okay? It, it, the Hebrew is quite ambiguous, so we could translate it a little bit like this. Everyone who hears about this will laugh with me or over me or, or at me. 
because this is absolutely absurd. She's actually picturing herself, this 90-plus-year-old woman with a baby on her breast, and she's thinking, now some people are going to laugh with me. Some people are going to laugh over me, and some people are going to laugh at me. But I don't care. <laughs> because God is good, and because he's kept his promises, she's She's transformed because God has kept his promises and I want you to be too. Now let's see if we can bring this home today. I want you to hold by faith in your arms another promised child, even more absurd. Born of a virgin, Jesus comes into the world and he teaches and he preaches authoritatively. He heals the sick and the blind. He cares about the outcasts and the lost, and then in absurdity of, of, of absurdity, he allows himself to be crucified for the sins of the world, only to rise again on the third day. And he does that all for you. We have seen it with the eyes of faith. How can we doubt his promises again? I want you to be transformed like Sarah was by seeing what Christ has done for you. That you would be in your life, be able to walk more like by casting out the anxieties of this life, the cares of this world, and to just know, like in the deep places of your heart, God's got this. And you know what'll happen? You know what'll come? Laughter. But also just to care a little bit less about what everybody thinks of you. Like God loves me. He's, he's redeemed me. He's, he's set me on his path. People are going to laugh with me and over me and at me. And that, I'm okay with that. To be transformed. Just like that. I probably should have led with this. And I really did. I'm, I'm no comedian. And it's not like we're going to open up a comedy club on Roosevelt. Like I could, I could only imagine. Like Especially if I was the lead comedian. <laughs> how badly that would bomb. But I, I do hope that you've seen the deep places out of which God can bring laughter. I, I also hope that you've seen how God brings laughter with his gracious visitation and his challenging questions. And finally, that you can see the transformation that happens as we cling to his, his promises. Amen.